Storygram Network. Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? Everything else. Because it's never, ever about food or weight. Never, ever. Not even. One time. Not ever, ever, ever. Hello, everyone. My name is Laura Lee Rourke, and I'm happy to have you here on my It's Not About Food podcast, and really grateful for you to be listening to us. Today, we're going to talk about the concept of spirituality as it relates to whatever recovery might be going through. But, you know, mostly for me, we talk about disordered eating and body hatred, but really the spirituality piece about all of us is part of what makes us us, you know, is body, mind, and spirit. And a lot of times we forget about that last piece. We're so raptured by our own body or our minds, you know. So I feel like this is sort of something that gets lost in the shuffle is this spirit that we have. The human spirit is so powerful and wonderful. And I kind of think that I didn't remember that a lot of the time. Or I thought spirituality was something way outside of myself, that an old man with a beard sitting at the top of the world judging me, you know. So I didn't really have a very good idea about spirituality. So the front of the card is the goddess is standing, and she's standing on the earth, and her deer is with her and looking up at her, and she is actually holding the sun or maybe the moon or... but. It, big round ball, big round orb. And it's just a very sweet card about owning your spirituality in a way, you know, that it's of you and it's above you, it's around you, it's underneath you, it's everywhere. And the back of the card reads, spirituality at the heart of every person is a yearning from the deepest part of our souls that must be heard. It is a desire to awaken embrace our whole selves, and see past the limitations we have put on ourselves. It is the knowing that we are connected with a universal love and a spiritual presence that holds the flame of our true essence of love and light. When we begin to accept that each one of us was born with divine spirit, then we can stop the struggle with defining ourselves as good or bad, by our body size or the food we eat. We can then move on to simply expressing our true selves. So I love that my next guest picked this card to talk about. There's a few cards in the Body Love Card Pack that nobody ever picks, and that's one of them. They don't want to talk about this issue. It feels like they're going to be too preachy. or I don't know what we think, but I certainly... When I talk about this in public, if I have my 
co-leader with me, I always make Carol talk about spirituality and sexuality because I don't want to deal with it. (laughs) So really proud of this person for bringing this to our attention today. And what a great time of the year that we're talking about this. So let me introduce my next guest and she's going to tell us her name and what she does and where she can be found and what up with her about spirituality. Hi, my name is Liana Steinmetz, and I'm living in a town called Twain Heart. It's in Tuolumne County in California. And I met Laura Lee a while ago when I was taking group classes with her on eating issues and body issues. And we've stayed in touch over the years, even though I don't take her classes anymore. So yeah, it's funny to hear you say that no one picks this card because spirituality has been key in my recovery. Like this is number one for me. I feel like this is what did it for me. So it was kind of a no brainer for me to pick this card. It's so important for me to stay in touch with that part of me, because if not, you can just get sucked back right back into all of it, you know, like the picking your body apart or comparing yourself to others, all that stuff. So if I can stay connected to the knowing that I am a spiritual being and part of the earth, then I can be grounded in myself and not obsessed over food or weight. So how did you get to that part from where you were, say, before you even decided to get recovery? How did you jump from an eating disorder or body hatred or whatever it is that you were dealing with that we all deal with all over the time to, you know, there is a yearning from my own soul to be heard. And how do I want to listen? How can I listen? I think for me, there was maturing and growing up to do. I think as I got older, I got to know myself more and more and listen to myself. And I had to consciously work at finding connections between myself and the natural beauty in the world. I had to work at that and make those connections and really think about them and trust them and believe them that I am part of this world. I am part of the earth. The earth is beautiful. Therefore, I am beautiful. The earth is strong. The earth is resilient. I am resilient. I am strong. All of that. And also, I believe a big part has been my work, the work I do, which is I paint scapes. And so I'm really in that world every day of looking at the earth and looking at everything that Mother Earth has created, connecting myself to it and expressing my feelings about it. And I think that keeps me also connected to the thoughts about us all being one. It keeps those thoughts strong. It reinforces them. So, you know, I'm not working in an office with fluorescent lights and concrete everywhere. It's different. In a cubicle. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. However, I think that there was a conscious decision. You know, it seems to me in group, there was a conscious decision of, You were going to let this part of you out. Yeah. Out of the box. (laughs) Definitely. I think, you know, I grew up, my family is a little more on the traditional side of things. Maybe not traditional is not the right word. Well, my father went to business school. My siblings have been to business school. I didn't really think it would be okay to be an artist. I thought I had to get a nine to five job in an office building. That's what my mom did. In a cubicle. Youth. Yeah. So my dad went to business school. So did my siblings. My mom worked nine to five in an office. 
growing up. So I thought that was my path. But as I got older, you know, after college and then some, I realized that wasn't going to fit for me. I didn't really fit in that type of life. And all I knew was that the more I painted and the more I spent outside and the more time I took to connect my place outside with paint on canvas, the better I felt and the more grounded I felt and the happier I was. And so I just kept doing that more. And eventually it became my full-time job in my career. And I'm so grateful because I can really live in the headspace of being connected to Mother Earth. Yeah. And the idea of coming away from the obsessive thoughts of eating disorder or whatever else there is in the world that we're chasing after, you know, that if you can use your creativity, then that kind of can stop that chatter, it sounds like. Yeah, it gets quieter and quieter. When I'm painting, I get into the flow where I'm just, I don't really know what time it is and I just get lost in it. And it's so healthy. It's so good for me. It's so wonderful. And so how did you jump from somebody who should be working in an office to I paint for a living? Gosh, how did that happen? I think it was baby steps in that direction. And finally, just giving into the fact that that's not for me and, and stop thinking I had to go in that direction at some time. It's so wise to follow your heart. <laughs> yeah. I had a job at a farmer's market. Yeah. So I remember that. Lot, like I worked for them almost, it was pretty much almost full times and they paid me enough. So I had a lot of time and energy to paint at the same time. So I did that for years and that was a really good job to have for an artist. And eventually I was like, you know what? I'm never going to go get an office job. This is just who I am. Yep. I understand. It's a path of least resistance, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. And so tell me a little bit about your paintings because this is audio and... yeah. <laughs> I paint landscapes. People ask me sometimes like, why do you paint people or houses or buildings or, you know, and I'm like, because I have no desire to like, this is really more about the land and my connection to earth than it is about paint and canvases. Like I would not be doing this if I had to paint people or houses, it just wouldn't work for me. So it really starts there. It starts there as seeing the land, seeing a beautiful view and wanting that view for myself, not wanting it to change, not wanting the sun to go down, not wanting any of the clouds to move, to just want it to last forever and needing to do something about that. It almost creates an anxiety for me looking at it. And I, I have to do something. I have to soothe that anxiety. <laughs> so I have to paint it. I just, I have to, it's compulsive. Sometimes it feels like. Storygram Network. Welcome to One Media, One Media. I... When you're whining with nurses. It's a place I like to call The Bleed. My name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. The art of being yay isn't just something he developed. Storygram Network. I joined Beyond Hunger about three years ago after my own eating disorder recovery. I've been with the Pure Ed program for over a year. 
I've been a peer educator for a few weeks now. Beyond Hunger is an amazing organization in which high schoolers like me get to go to schools across the Bay Area and educate teens and students on mental health, body image, intuitive eating. And I joined because it really helps people. I joined the program because I believe that the information we provide people my age is very important. Beyond Hunger has allowed me to connect with the youth in my community and reaffirm to myself what I know is true. It has given me an opportunity to educate others and inform others around my age. Um, and I just think it's a really wonderful program. Because I want to teach other teens what I never learned. Appreciating your body through its ups and downs, navigating di diet culture, and learning about intuitive emotions and hunger. And I felt that it was super important to continue to make change in the community. My name is Laura Lee Rourke, and I am one of the founders of Beyond Hunger. My business partner, Carol Normandy, and I founded it in 1988. But for the last 25 years, we've been going into schools and talking about the issue of eating disorders and body hatred. We um, train young women to go in with us, peer to peer, student to student, and it is a wonderful program. Please give generously this holiday season. Thank you. It sounds like it's just speaking really loud to you. Definitely. Bossy. So, <laughs> <laughs> my paintings, they're impressionistic, but they're also modern, like contemporary. Well, not modern, but they're contemporary. Yeah. And you definitely know what they are. I mean, I've seen yeah. a lot of stuff of yours. You know, it doesn't look like an eyeball floating around in the sky. <laughs> it does. It does look like a landscape. <laughs> right. Yeah, a beautiful one too. Yeah, they're not really abstract. But yeah, and they're colorful and mostly of California. And it's been really rewarding for me to connect with people through my paintings. Some people, they really feel them and it blows me away. It's so neat that that's possible, that I can really connect with people through that. Oh, it's the best. And, you know, listening to your own spirituality or maybe I should say your own spirit that kept pushing you to this, even though that's not what we do or that's not going to be okay or that's crazy talk, you know, exactly. whatever. You kept knowing that that was where your body, mind and spirit, that's where it wanted to go. And so you let it. Yeah. There was a lot of talk to tell me not to go there. Like, oh, this is just a hobby. This is just something you do for fun. You can't make money and you, you know, you need a lot of money and all of that. It just never let up. I kept having to do it. And so, and I'm so grateful for that. I consider myself pretty sensitive and this is probably related to my disordered eating in a way. I can feel the world's pain and joy really deeply and really quickly. And it can be really exhausting, <laughs> and yes, painful, <laughs> yeah. but also intensely beautiful. And I used to think that that made me weak. Like that was a part of me that I really disliked because I would cry or, you know, you cry over silly things or you get thrown when something happens. And I always wanted to be stronger. And now that I paint, I've realized that part of me, that sensitive part of me is the same part that has to paint every day. It's the same part of me that that needs to express itself. And so I've learned to really appreciate it and accept it. It's and so great. Yeah. Yeah just curious about are you teaching others how to 
get that, how to contact that part of themselves and how to paint? So I'm not doing any classes right now. Part of my professional plan is to do workshops someday. And I don't see them as just technical workshops where like, this is how you mix this color and this is how you paint a tree. Like I really see them as going beyond that and more of a spiritual experience. And so I do think that will be integrated at some point. But right now, no, I have other priorities right now, but soon that will come up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just imagine that learning for others when they're struggling with, I don't even know how to get to a creative part of me. I don't think I have one. You know, all of my creativity is in how many calories I can eat or all of my creativity is sculpting my own body into something that I'm okay with. But fool's errand that one is. So it feels to me and that when I write, that's my medium, I lose myself. But I don't lose all of myself. I lose the chatter of myself. But I get my most special self when I'm there. Like you said, you know, I lose time. I don't even know what time it is or how long I've been doing this. But I'm so much more free, I guess, is what I want to say. And I think that that's a wonderful thing to learn, especially if we're suffering from something that's hard for us to deal with. Yeah, it can be a lifesaver for sure. Yes. And taking a drawing class where like you draw an oval and then you draw this other oval and then you draw this oval here and then you put them together and that's a picture. It feels not as free. So like you're saying, this is how you mix a color. Right. Exactly. Let's let the spirit out first. (laughs) Yeah. I'm really excited to integrate that in more with teaching someday with other people and to be able to just connect with people over that. I think that could be really powerful. So where can your paintings be found? Oh, I have a website. It's my name. So lianasteinmetz.com. And I sell for my website, but I also work with some galleries. There's one in Sacramento, one in San Francisco, one in Larkspur. I just dropped a bunch of paintings off in Larkspur. Great. And then where's the other one? Oh, Atlanta, Georgia. Wow. Out. Yeah, it's far All away, the way but... across this country. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it works though. They like my work, so... Fabulous. Yeah. So there's some other things that I wanted to mention. I was looking at the card and I thought maybe, you know, just to have some things to talk about that would be. Yes, please. Appropriate. So in the card I read it where it says we are connected with a universal love and a spiritual presence that holds the flame of our true essence of love and light. And it made me think about our breath. Um, I had a, I don't know, I don't know when it was, maybe six months ago, I had this realization about my breath. It's really soothed me. And so I thought it would be nice to share with your listeners because maybe somewhere out there, there's someone it would click with too. Definitely. (laughs) Oh, wonderful. Yes, please. So when I think about my breath or not our breath, but our bodies, we think we're in charge of our bodies and we are, we are right. We can move our fingers. We can walk, we can talk, we can think, we can move, move our feet. And our breath, we think like, yeah, I I can breathe a deep breath when I want to and let it out and I can hold my breath. But at the same time, we're kind of not in charge of our breath. It's just something that will happen whether we like it or not. If we're sleeping, if I hold my breath, I will eventually take a breath, whether I like it or not. Like our bodies will not let us stop breathing. That's right. They won't let us stop breathing. (laughs) (laughs) And I think about how the breath is 
air from the environment that comes in my body and nourishes me and then is exchanged and, and, you know, different air is blown out and how that same air has been through other animals and trees and plants and how I can think about this breath connecting us all and how also this breath is part of mother earth because it's giving us all life. And so whether I like it or not, I have this life, this support that comes in me and comes out of me that I have no control over. And, you know, I call God the spirit of love. That's my version of God, the spirit of love or mother earth. So it's really this spirit of love is like coming in and out of you, whether you like it or not, you're going to get this support and you're going to get this life and you have no control over it. And it was so relaxing for me to, to think about that. Like your breath is always there for you. Like no matter what you're going through, like it's there and you're not in control of it. Like there's always some sort of support right there with you. And then I even took it a little step further and thought about my son or my husband or or my mom, someone I might worry about or want to take care of inappropriately or something. You know? <laughs> if I think about them and they have their own breath as well, like they have their own system of support too. And I don't need to, I'm not in charge of that. Like they're okay. They have their life and the spirit of love is taking care of them just the same way they're taking care of me. And that helped me so much. That is so true. When I thought about that, it just totally relaxed me. And I was like, oh, it was time when I was having a hard time. My son is three. As they get older, you have to back off more and let them be more and more independent. And when I thought about that, it was like, oh, yeah, he's his own person. Like it made me feel better for me, but it also made me feel better for thinking about him and his little life. Right. Yeah. There's so many things. And I have to say, that's exactly at some point that I had to do with my own son at some point in his life, probably when he was three or four, little, that I had to say, oh, like me, he has his own path and he has his own higher power. He has his own life that he's going to live. And I don't need to think that I have to control every little thing of it because I cannot. And, you know, then when my mom had Alzheimer's and I had to sort of be there to support and to be there with her, but I still couldn't go. Once she took that last breath, I couldn't go with her to make sure she'd be okay after that. (laughs) That And to think about that was something like kind of blew my mind. And I love the image of that we're all breathing on the earth. Our hearts are beating, our lungs are expanding, you know, we're all part of it. And I think we forget that in the culture that we live in, especially if we get all weirded out about how big or small we are, how did we eat too much chocolate or some stuff that's not really as important as did you breathe? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My parents too, you know, my parents are getting older and those thoughts have helped me also with them just thinking like, they're going to get older. I have to let them get old. Like it's going to happen. It's very strange. And then when you're the older one, like now I'm the older one and my son will treat me like I'm not quite all there. (laughs) (laughs) Like go, you know, I've been driving you around forever But I can understand why, you know, he's sort of, he's moving into that caretaker position 
I can see that he's getting ready if I need him to, if you would. And it's just the cycle of life. It's just that. And that we can think about these things and hold these things when our mind is not full of whatever obsession that we used to have. Definitely. And I also think making a conscious effort to think about these things helps push those thoughts out. Yeah. Well, and I often tell clients, and I thought this myself, what would I be thinking about if I wasn't thinking about that? What else is there other than did I eat too many grapes? You know, I mean, there's got to be more stuff than that in the world. (laughs) And there was, but I didn't know that for a while. So I wonder if you will read the just for today at the bottom of the card. Today, I will practice reminding myself that my spiritual self is who I really am. When I find myself obsessing about my food or weight, I will take a deep breath, be still, and listen to my deepest yearnings and guidance. Yeah. Once you live that way, you can't really go back. You know, it it sort of ruins us for the modern life, (laughs) if you will, of, you know, worrying about things that don't really in the long run, make that big a difference. Yeah. Well, I am so grateful that you were on today. And I wonder if there's anything you want to say or anything you think that you'd still like to comment on. I just want to say to listeners, if they're listeners right now who are struggling, that recovery is totally possible. You can do it 100%. There is a space in your mind that doesn't obsess over weight or food and you can get there it is possible totally possible oh I just that's so beautiful that's again what I would not have believed before and I believe it a hundred percent now yeah me too (laughs) and you need to hear it you need to hear it we need to say it say it say it yes well thank you so much and thank you really appreciate your work and your words and all that you are being in the world. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And be sure and follow me on Patreon, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and it's not about food.com. Thanks.